chapel of the regular term, and I invite you to turn in the Bibles that are in your pews to page 810 as we look at Matthew chapter 5. Uh, you can also find this text on your tablet, your iPhone, any other digital device that you use with your Bible app to make certain that you have the Word of God with you at every time and every place. What a privileged time to live in, uh, in, in, in Christ, in the year of our Lord, 2015. I'm reminded of something that Ovid once said. Uh, he, uh, he said, let other people like the old stuff. Priska, you went. He says, other people can enjoy the old-timey stuff, but I congratulate myself that I was born in such an age as this. We got hot and cold running water, animal shows all over the place, gladiators fighting. I'm a modern man. You are modern men and women. You have the word of God at any time. Punch it up on the internet, take it with you, and uh, it doesn't just go with ink and paper. It's with digital technology as well so that we can all read together. Matthew chapter 5, starting verse 14, 15, and 16. The theme verse as we close the loop this year on what God's word says to us. Let's read together. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14, 15, and 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. One week ago, as we were uh, discussing the Word of God together, sharing these words that Jesus spoke, we talked about how Jesus is the light of the world. Then when we talk about letting the light shine, we're not just talking about what you or I do in Christ, but think first and foremost, humbly before the Word of God, that that Word of God, Jesus, is the light of the world, and that this light is the life that has come into the world. As we hear these words today, we think more about what Jesus is saying to each and every one of us, just as he was saying it to those people gathered at the mount to hear his sermon. So what do we hear today as Jesus is talking about, you are the light of the world? We need to hear what Jesus says about good works, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. These good works, as we shine the light of Christ, are seen by men. So we can talk about this in a couple of ways. Think about these today. We do good works in Christ, and others see them. As well as this, others do good works for us, and we see them. We are the you in what Jesus says in the text. You shine your light. But we are also the people, those who see the good works of others, the anthropoi that he includes in this sermon. So you are the you in this text, and you are the people in this text. As we come humbly before the word of God, we see that we are the word of God that others see, even Jesus himself. And that others are the word of God for us in this text as well. In other words, number one, Jesus is the light of the world and he's now saying, shine that light, shine Jesus for others. And number two, Jesus is the light of the world 
And he's saying that we see Jesus in the good works of others. It's as if he's saying that you are Christ for your neighbor and that your neighbor is Christ for you. So ask this question. How do you shine Jesus? How do you shine his light for others? Dear friends in Christ, it's not in stacking up your ledgers and figuring out the list of good works on the right-hand side and the bad works on the left and pointing out the good ones and patting yourself on the back for saying you've got more on one side than the other or hiding the bad ones and just accentuating the positive. No. Works themselves are not as much our actions as our identity in Christ. Jesus is saying not shine the spotlight on the good stuff, but rather he's saying be the good stuff. Be the light for others. If the light we shine is no less than the light of the world, Jesus, then we are called to be Christ for our neighbor. A great text on this is taught by Paul in 2 Corinthians, and I'd like you to turn there as we read, as we listen, and as we say these words together. 2 Corinthians, this is on page 965 of the Pew Bibles that are in front of you. Uh, Paul's argument in this first half of uh, his uh, 2 Corinthians letter talks about the, the old and the new and the role that he as an apostle and those servants who preach Christ have for a world that is darkened and needs the light of Christ. He starts in 2 Corinthians 3 by saying at verse 3, you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And then he goes on in chapter 4 to expand this argument. Follow me along here. Page 965, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, saying, Therefore, Having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Read these next couple of verses with me. Verses 5 and 6. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ hasn't just shined his light for you alone, but for your neighbor as well. Paul embodies that as he proclaims that light to those who need to hear it. It goes on, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. 
Do you hear those big buts of the Bible? Though the world may have its way in the world, but we are not destroyed because we have something not hidden, but on a hill, on a stand, the light of Christ that shines into this world. Read with me, starting at verse 11. Verses 11 and 12. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh, so death is at work in us, but life in you. The light of the world that has shone on you, the light of the world that has shone on us in Christ doesn't make us magic, doesn't make us all of a sudden superheroes with superpowers, but it does give us something in our mortal flesh and in the darkness of this world, Christ's light to shine for our neighbor. As we are Christ for others, so we shine Christ's light in the world. But what Jesus is preaching in these theme verses is not just, hey, Christian, now you've got to respond by doing good works. What he's really trying to do is give everybody a new set of glasses, a new set of lenses, the perspective that God has in sending his son into the world Christ was sent for you. Dear children of God, you have been sent as Christ for others. And look around you. Others have been sent as Christ for you. How do you see Jesus? How do you see him as the light of the world shining through others? Is it not also in realizing that the ones around you are indeed Christ for you? My favorite text on this is one that's probably familiar to you. Matthew chapter 25. Let's turn there and hear these words and speak them together as well. This is page 831 of the Bibles that are in front of you. Matthew chapter 25, his disciples asking him what it's going to be like at the end. Jesus talking about judgment. He gives them word pictures. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Judgment in the kingdom of heaven is like that the parable of the ten virgins, and then talks about the talents that are given. And he ends it with a cosmic picture of what life on earth in Christ really is about. We start our reading at Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. At the judgment, he says it's like this, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne, and before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And there's a reason why. Let's read that reason together as we read verses 35 to 40 all together. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, 
Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Here's what I love about the sheep on the right. They have no idea. They have no idea what Jesus is talking about, that you did these things to me. Do you think a light on a lampstand, do you think the light that's shining at me from right here is conscious of the light that it's shining? (laughs) Dear friends in Christ, when we start putting our self-conscious efforts into doing good works and trying to stack up the good works on the right side of the ledger, Jesus is saying that's not what God's looking at. Those who do good works are not doing it in order to gain some reward. They're doing it because that's who they are. They're completely clueless. But I'd like to turn the table one more time and say that we usually think about doing things for others when we talk about good works. Can you think about this today? Can you see that you are the one that's in need of visiting? That you are the one in need of clothing, of being fed and watered, that you are the one who stands in need of welcome. And can you see that others, the ones around you, the ones up here sharing the word of God in song, the one leading you through the word of God, whether it's in class or in chapel or in church, that these are the ones who are welcoming, feeding, watering you, Can you love your neighbor because Christ is serving you through them? Can you love your neighbor so that Christ can serve them through you? We're closing the loop. Jesus is the light of the world, but it finishes and, in a very real way, begins here too. That you are that light of the world. That you are that word of God for others. That you are the light of the world. And this, in the now and the not yet. In the not yet, we have a vision of that from the New Testament. Philippians chapter 3. Listen to these words. As Paul tells the Philippians, chapter 3. That our citizenship is not in this world, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. There's the light of the world. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. The light of the world is a not yet. But dear friends in Christ, now you are the light of the world. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. These are the last verses we'll read together in our time today. You are the light of the world, and that is right now. Page 1022 in the Bibles that are in front of you, 1 John chapter 3, the right now of it is that right now you are the light of the world. Because why? We're going to read verses 10 and 11 together. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. You are Christ for your neighbor, and in Christ your neighbor is Christ for you. Let your light so shine before men that they may see 
your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray together. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you that you give us this light, that we carry it around in our mortal flesh and clay pots, broken as we are. We ask that by the miracle of your word, become flesh, Jesus Christ, that your light may shine through us. Let your light shine for us as we remember those around the world who also stand in need, those who are persecuted, those who are hungry, those who need the welcome of Jesus Christ, the light of the world himself. Give us work for our hands to do. Give us words for our mouths to say. And give us hearts of welcome for those who are in need here and around the world. Gracious Heavenly Father, allow us so to serve you that on our lips is Jesus Christ as Lord. And in our hands is we, your slaves, for Jesus' sake. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Continue on with singing together. <laughs>